Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Glad that you could return for another segment. In this segment, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Monty Paul. He's joining us here as Professor, Department of Medical Oncology and Therapeutics Research, Co-Director, Kidney Cancer Program at City of Hope. Now, City of Hope is a cancer research and treatment organization. He's joining us to discuss a recent phase one study published in Nature Medicine uh, last month, as a matter of fact. This study links enhanced anti-tumor response in kidney cancer patients with treatment using both immunotherapy and a live biotherapeutic product. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. Paul. Thank you for joining us. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Nature Medicine, as I said, recently published your study. Uh, tell us a bit about your research and, and what your team found. Well, as you mentioned, this is a phase one clinical trial in which we took patients with advanced kidney cancer and randomized them to either receive a conventional upfront immunotherapy with nivolumab and ipilimumab, or that same combination with CBM588. It's a very interesting compound, a live bacterial product that we think actually augments the anti-tumor immune response. Were the results significant and why? Well, I think the results were actually quite dramatic. Mm -hmm. You see, this was a pretty small study with 29 patients, 19 patients getting the experimental combination, 10 patients on the control arm. I wasn't expecting to see very much in terms of differential clinical activity, but what we saw is that the response rate to the combination of Nevo-Ipi with CBM588 was more than twofold higher. Uh, we saw that patients were on therapy for a markedly prolonged period of time relative to Nevo-Ipi alone. So I was quite intrigued and surprised by the results. Now, aside from your study, what does the scientific literature say about the investigational live biotherapeutic CBM588 currently? Well, you know, just to back up a step, I think that this whole methodology of manipulating the microbiome is something that's really only at the brink of being studied. Uh, there have been several trials looking at, for instance, fecal microbiome transplant, which is a means of taking a responding patient's stool and giving it to a patient who's not responding yeah, it's, it has the complexities that it might appear to have in terms of specimen transfer and so forth. I think one of the things that we're really looking towards doing is administering something pill-based like CBM588 um, and augmenting response in a much more straightforward fashion. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is quite unique about this approach is that it was demonstrated in Japan in a cohort of lung cancer patients retrospectively to augment immunotherapy but I don't think anybody's undertaken an effort to prospectively characterize it, and that's where our research steps in. Were there any other diseases or conditions that you could address with this compound? I think the answer to that is I, I think so. You know, at this point in time, we've really limited our investigation to advanced kidney cancer, but, mm -hmm. you know, I have to imagine that there are going to be applications of this approach in other diseases like lung cancer and melanoma, basically everywhere that kidney cancer is relevant. If you would compare, uh, you mentioned the fecal matter transplants, compare these transplants with live biotherapeutics that can be taken orally. What are some of the pros and cons? Well, you can imagine the complexities in doing a fecal microbiome transplant. You have to identify a patient who's responding, individually collect their stools, blend it, and then either encapsulate it or actually do a, a, essentially an enema with the patient and transmit that fecal specimen. That's incredibly complex, and you can imagine the duress that the patient might be under, both the donor and the recipient. In this scenario, with live bacterial products, you're simply administering a pill on a daily basis, I would say much more closely mirroring standard practices in the oncology clinic. Are any biotherapeutics actually approved at this time by the FDA? Oncology indications, none that I'm aware of, frankly. So this really does establish a totally brand new paradigm. 
So what would you say is on the horizon for your research with this live compound? And if you could elaborate a little bit more on how it's mixed and maybe some of the possible side effects. Well, I think that the holy grail for any small data set like this is to take it into a larger, more definitive study, also randomized. So, you know, my hope is that we could confirm our findings in a much larger series of patients with kidney cancer, maybe in the context of a randomized phase two or phase three study, the latter ideally. And then, of course, I think that we'd love to demonstrate this principle, as you sort of alluded to, in other cancer types. So it would be wonderful to see that this technique works, for instance, in the context of melanoma or bladder cancer. And I'm hoping we can undertake investigations there as well. You mentioned that this technology is just beginning to be on the brink of possibly becoming mainstream. In your experience, uh, what has been some of the pushback against this type of therapy? You know, frankly, I don't anticipate a lot of pushback with this approach. I do think that we'll have to start counseling patients that not every probiotic may be a good probiotic. I think it'll be really key to reinforce that there's going to be certain probiotics that actually do have a positive impact and others that uh, may not be necessarily beneficial. I do think that the oncology community will have to be educated that, you know, really, if we're going to start implementing probiotics in a widespread fashion, they have to be very carefully studied in prospective trials. I'm assuming that long-term trials to indicate or discover what the long-term uh, results will be for this uh, type of therapy are, are in the works. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Lots of discussions underway. Nothing definitive that I can announce at this point, but I know there's a lot of interest in really taking these data to the next level. Well, is there anything that you'd like to add for our listeners? You know, this is pretty comprehensive. I'm really excited about future directions for the live bacterial product market in general. And I do think that there's lots of opportunities ahead for the field. I encourage every investigator to try to pursue this avenue as a component of their research. Well, if you would, give us a website where we can learn more about City of Hope. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, City of Hope uh, and the details of the organization can be found at www.cityofhope.org. I encourage everyone to visit to get a glimpse of some of the research that I and other investigators are doing and also uh, to refer patients and, and incorporate uh, City of Hope elements in your practice. And I do believe uh, you can get an insight into the actual nature medicine at uh, www.nature.com. Is that correct to uh, peruse the article? That's exactly right. Okay. Well, uh, Dr. Paul, I appreciate you joining us here on Health Professional Radio and lending us some of your time. Thank you. It's been uh, most informative, and hopefully you'll return. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. You as well. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Monty Paul, Professor, Department of Medical Oncology and Therapeutics Research, Co-Director, Kidney Cancer Program at City of Hope. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.